And welcome to Women Leading in Cannabis. I'm your host, Kira Reed. Thank you for joining us. Our guest today is Angela Arena, founder of Kind Lab, a radical plant based wellness company specializing in CBD solutions for women over 45. Welcome to the show, Angela. Thank you so much, Kira. Stressed out to the point of insomnia and crumbling under the demands of being a business executive, mother, wife, and caregiver. Angela spent her nights imagining horrific things that might not happen with no respite. It was only after trying cannabis that Angela found the rest she was searching for and went on to leave her corporate position to create Kind Lab. Kind Lab has developed potent and powerful solutions formulated with organic, CBD-rich, hemp extract, and plant-based ingredients that work with and for a woman's body. All of Kind Lab's products are intentionally designed to provide women the energy, rest, recovery, nourishment, and comfort they need to feel their best. Angela embodies Kind Lab's commitment of women, we see you at every level. Kind Lab works with women at every stage of the cannabis process, from organic women-owned cannabis growers to women-led partners and vendors. Angela, I am so excited to have you on the show today. As a woman myself, over 45, I am very curious about your approach and philosophy around Kind Lab. But first, let's get to know you better. Tell us what you did before cannabis and how you found your way to becoming a founder of a cannabis company. Sure. So I was actually, it's it's such a um, sharp left for me because I was in the corporate world working at FedEx for years, um, focusing in on operations and program management and just kind of like on that executive track. It was interesting. I reflect back. There was something when I was working there, I loved my job. FedEx was a great place to work and the subsequent places, but there was always seemed to be something missing. And later on, I was much better able to articulate it now. I kind of, I have the head for that life, but not the heart. It was important for me to find something that really made me feel like I was making a difference in the world. Um, And when I discovered cannabis for my own personal use and how much better it made me feel and how it was such a huge improvement from the other options that I knew I was going to be able to get and starting to talk to other women who have having the same problems. Like I I just, you know, I knew that I had found my purpose. Um, And that's really what inspired me to start the company is saying, you know, women who are on that track, you know, we understand women are so much go, go, go right now. And there's so much put on women and we, they're just not a lot of resources for us. So I wanted women to understand that cannabis make cannabis much more accessible to other women. So they know that it's a viable option for them. And then in turn, make products that are specifically for them. Cause there's really, you know, there's not a lot out there for women, especially women over 45. And, you know, we need the help just as much as everyone else. How did your approach as a woman dictate the kinds of products that you are making? You mentioned rest, you mentioned recovery. How did you find the parts of cannabis that apply specifically to women over 45? 
how did you formulate your products? Give me more background about that. I'm, I'm very curious how you discovered the things that make a difference specifically for women over 45. Sure. Um, so for women over 45, you know, I had already started to experience going to, you know, doctors and, and talking about a problem and then saying, you know what, that's, it's just the way it goes. You're just getting older and get like learning about options I have to help me sleep that came with all these side effects that just really, really worried me. Um, and I knew that there were a lot of other people that had these problems too, especially as I started formulating um, solutions for my own problems, you know, um, first of all, with sleep, as you mentioned, you know, that's really kind of what got me jump started. And then I hurt my shoulder and then my back was achy and then, you know, and then, and then, and then. So I started making solutions for myself and I say, Hey, you know, I've been sleeping so much better. And people are like, Hey, what are you doing? Only to find out that a lot of my friends and family had the same problems and all their friends and family had the same problems. So then that just tumbled into what I always call like, you know, I, I'm like the queen of, you know, going down the rabbit hole. Once I get interested in something, I just kind of can't stop. And all the research I did just really showed me, really reemphasized a lot of what I had already experienced, that women are not taken very seriously in medical, you know, issues that women 45 plus experience um, present a lot differently than men, than women. And the side of women's side of things like heart disease is a great example. It presents very differently in women. And then all the medications and the therapies associated with it are much more heavily studied with men. There's just not a lot of women. It gets um, pretty bad as you start to get older. And my interest was to find things that could work for women. So what are some natural options to help us with those hot flashes? We know women over 45, like you have so many things, so many plates spinning in your head, that brain fog and being overwhelmed. So it's all of those things, like looking for natural options that I can kind of piece together solutions that will really help elevate women's quality of life. Cause that's my goal. Like I want us to feel great. And there's so many women, especially now after COVID that are just feeling so terrible, sitting a lot. So they're in a lot more pain. A lot of women were struggling with sleep now daytime depression and sadness has become a big issue. So it's really just focusing on like, what are women, what are the challenges of women 45 plus and how can I offer women multifunctional solutions, which obviously CDH hemp is a big part, is the common ingredient across all of my products. But I am always searching for adaptogens and nootropics and other herbs to put in those formulas to just round out the solutions as well as just to, you know, make sure that we're hitting a problem from as many angles as possible to make sure women are taking them and feeling the way they want to feel. Do you find that women consumers know what they need, know that cannabis is an option? And are you having to educate them about their own bodies? A lot of times, yes. So on the cannabis side, you know, when I started the company a few years ago, I mean, I officially started the company in 2018, but I was, you know, kind of making my own products and giving them to friends and family before there was so much more education. And the stigma is certainly there. I always find it kind of ironic that, like, remember when a St. John's Wort came on the scene and everyone was, like, mainlining it. Meanwhile, CBD or cannabis comes back on the scene and people have so many questions just because of the stigma alone. Um, and it does look like one of those things where, you know, it seems too good be, to be true. It can hurt my knee as well as help me sleep at night. You know, it's kind of like the it's a dessert topping and a floor wax. So you have to really, there's a lot more education around it. <laughs> 
I don't have to educate people as much, but there are still a lot of people, you know, we all grew up like with, you know, Mr. T and Nancy Reagan telling us to say no to drugs. So there is still a leap there for women to get over, um, but it's gotten better. And I also find that when I do include other herbs, especially ones that people recognize, like evening primrose oil and Siberian ginseng, then that kind of gives women a better idea of being able to say, okay, like I understand what that ingredient does. So I can get like a directionally correct assessment of, is this product right for me? So that's really helpful as well. So when I was reading your bio, um, you mentioned in your bio that you work specifically with um, organically grown women-owned cult- companies, cultivators, and uh, probably manufacturers. How did you come to the conclusion that you wanted to work with women growers and women manufacturers and women vendors in your business? And does it make a difference, do you think, in the quality of support that they give and relationship that you have with them company to company? You know, there were so many companies that would say they are women-owned. But women-owned isn't, to me, doesn't just mean, and supporting other women doesn't just mean that I put, like, women-owned, the Kind Lamp stamp, doesn't really matter, like, don't look behind the curtain, there's nothing to see there, just know that I am the woman, I'm the front of the company. That just wasn't, it just wasn't enough for me. And I knew getting into the industry and the challenges that I faced as a female entrepreneur I knew that there were so many other women businesses that were experiencing the same thing. So my idea was, you know, how do we really, really, really make this company by women for women? And that is making sure, you know, as deep as I can across my supply chain, you know, marketing people I work with, SEO people, the whole thing, that I'm working with as many women as possible. Um, I think it's helpful for women to really understand and get my brand so much faster. I'm able to lift other people up. And I'm able to really, really state that this is a woman-owned brand because it is a lot of women um, that come together to bring Kind Lab to life. How did you fund your company? Did you have to take money from male investors? And if so, did you have a hard time convincing them to invest in you or back you up in your ongoing commitment to women's health? It's interesting. I actually have been 100% bootstrapped. The only exception was I did participate in a consumer packaged goods accelerator last fall called Beyond Skew. That is um, that is partially women owned, so I was comfortable with that. They made a small investment in my company, but generally I've been um, trying to bootstrap primarily because it allows me to have so much more control of the company. The con is, you know, they always say if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far to go together. So I definitely hit my ceiling in terms of, you know, how rapidly I can expand and, and do many, many more things and get my brand just out there so much more. Um, but to date, I have not taken in any funding. And this space is difficult, especially, I think, for women. You know, historically, women have a harder time raising money, no matter what. Women and minorities have a considerably harder time. We just don't have that kind of access to capital even going to banks and getting business loans and things like that, it's harder for women and minorities and for people who, anything to do with cannabis, hemp, marijuana, anything, um, it gets that much more difficult. So I have not come across that primarily because it's just not something that's that I've had on my journey. Um, but I can anticipate that, it, you know, like anything else, um, it's going to be a lot more challenging for women and minorities. 
Well, congratulations on getting this far bootstrapped. It's not easy to do that. So I, I definitely commend you for that. Thank you. Um, and it's wonderful to hear. It's inspiring, I think, for other women to know that, you know, it's we can take the longer, slower journey and do it self-funded. They, there is more. There are more options than just going and taking money to build your business. So congratulations. Um, let's talk a little bit about inside of your company. So hiring women, promoting women, paying women. We've talked about hiring vendors to supply products that you need. But what about the internal process in the company when it comes to hiring women and people of color? What is your process and your commitment? And also, what is what is difference has it made to the way you run your company and, and your bottom line? I, I definitely, when I, I don't no longer had a physical store, but when I had the physical store, I had all female employees. Um, to me, that was really important, primarily because there's so few places where women can go in and talk about things that are important to her and issues that she has and feel 100% comfortable. Like you're not going to want to go in to a natural food store and talk to you know someone who you know some 22 year old guy about vaginal dryness. Mm-hmm. So it really, it really enabled me to be able to make really strong connections with women. And also, you know, the representation just in general of women, especially 45 plus is so lacking in society in general. So for women to come in, see someone and be like, she looks like me, let me listen to her. And then when you talk and you listen, really listen to women and understand what they're saying, like that is just like emotionally so important to them. And they feel so much more supported when they can come into that kind of safe space. So that was really important to me to provide that, you know, area of support. When people came in, they felt like this is a place where they could tell the truth and really speak how they feel and tell the stories that made them uncomfortable or, you know, made them feel shameful, but be, have people who understand on the other side of that conversation and have people who know what to do and how to connect the dots and offer them like products that will make them feel better and improve their quality of life. Um, so to me, that made a really big difference. I held a lot of events in my space. You know, um, a lot of them were very female specific and it just offered women an opportunity to come in and say, Hey, you know what? I, I don't feel great. I'm not going to pretend like I feel great all the time. I'm not going to, I like, I'm too ashamed to talk to my doctor or my doctor turned me away or my, you know, whomever, um, other healthcare provider turned me away and have an opportunity to say that just doing that alone really um, helped me achieve like a big goal of ours, which is not only to educate, but also to empower women to prioritize their own wellness and stand up for themselves and not feel like they have to have a constantly declining status quo that they can, they can and deserve to feel good. And how, how is it internally in your company full of women as opposed to the environment you worked at, a corporate environment at FedEx where it was heavily co-ed and probably skewed male? Do you notice a different kind of environment in the working aspect of your company? Um, working with men and women is very different. Um, and I learned that just through uh, managing people. It is there are different ways to approach things to get the same effect. So you just, you know, you have the conversations, you talk through things. If people are upset, you try to pull it out them so they don't hold it in. So there are definitely ways where when you're working with women that you would potentially work differently with men. 
I think that's probably pretty common. Like I had female dominated teams and male dominated teams when I managed and it's no different than, you know, I had a team where I had people who uh, did IT development, then I had scientists in there. And then I had analysts and project managers and the way people think and how they're applying it is, is very different. Not only it's similar to like your expertise, it's similar to being a scientist versus a program manager you know, program manager is going to try to constantly organize things and be analyzing. The scientist is always going to try to be looking for the problem and answering that question. So it's no different than working across different personality types or different genders. Um, And women tend to be a lot more collaborative, um, which is great for me because I love working on a team. Um, So that's worked in my benefit. I just think it's, you know, it's a nice supportive environment. I will tell you, like as an entrepreneur, especially a solopreneur, you do make a lot of mistakes. Um, And I've gotten some phenomenal support from other women because they're like, it's okay. And they really prop up the sky for me. And that is, it's just incredible to have that level of support as an entrepreneur. So that's been a huge benefit to me personally. That's awesome. And and I completely agree with you. I've experienced that as well. It's a great analogy breaking down by... um, job duties, how different minds approach different situations. So, mm-hmm. um, so let's pivot a little bit and let's talk about the future of Kind Labs. What are you most excited about for Kind Labs and for the industry in 2022? And what are you most concerned about? So there's something, some things are specific to my company. Some things are specific to the industry. In the industry, we're kind of at an interesting inflection point with hemp specifically, because it's not so heavily regulated. Um, Marijuana is going to stay behind the iron curtain for some time and probably most likely, unfortunately. Um, but with hemp, there's, it's an interesting point. Is hemp an ingredient or is hemp an industry? So it's kind of trying to hedge your bets and decide like, are you a CBD company or are you a natural wellness company? In which case do you need to remove hemp from some of your products in order to expand and get out there? That's a point that I've been debating a lot lately because I do see you know, a lot of my peers in the industry um, who are creating non-CBD solutions, they're basically like taking CBD out of some one of their capsules and putting something else in and launching a product separately so they can get a foothold into some retailers. Interesting. Yeah. And so they can reach some consumers that may still have some hesitation about CBD. So that's a big strategy. Um, And then on the marijuana side, I am looking to get into that space for in situations where women either need or want THC to create a kind lab um, line of products with that is marijuana infused, which is actually my first goal. The ability having the hemp company allows me to build a national brand. People trust me. People are familiar with the brand, but ultimately I think marijuana has some can help women achieve some of the goals that just can't happen with CBD alone. So it allows me to kind of um, bifurcate the line a little bit and allow women really high quality solutions that are, again, formulated specifically for them with THC that's not strictly for recreational, that's really focused on wellness use. Not that there's anything wrong with recreational. I'm sure I'll make recreational solutions as well. Um, But having solutions that are specific to things they need, like sleep, stress, libido, with THC in them, I think is an, just another great way to expand the line and make cannabis more accessible to more women. Okay. So when we're looking at the issue around hemp, if the FDA were to say, 
you know, we give the stamp of approval to CBD. It can be ingested. It can be put into topicals. It can be consumed as an edible. Would that make a huge difference for your business in the question of, do I keep hemp in my products or not? Or is that something that just isn't weighing heavily on the industry? I think if it's, if they patently don't say that, then it's a bigger problem. If they say, hey, we've already, you know, even though obviously cannabis was in the U.S. pharmacopoeia at the turn of the, you know, 19th century, um, they could say, you know, no, it has to all go through FDA, in which case everybody is going to be in the same boat. I would never remove hemp from my products voluntarily because hemp is a phenomenal adaptogen. It is like literally the Swiss army knife herb and almost everybody can benefit from it. So it is a key. It's, it's why it's the consistent ingredient across all of my products. Um, but if they're, you know, I think if the FDA decided, yes, we're going to, you know, we're going to say this is ingredients. Okay. It's, it's probably, it's obviously not going to be generally regarded as safe, but they're going to have some constructs through which it can be included. Um, you know, if anything that just makes other retail, like larger non CBD focused retailers, like, you know, Whole Foods and Thrive Market and that kind of thing, that much more comfortable with, especially with ingestible products. And I think that would be a great thing. Cause then again, you know, people see it at Whole Foods, you know, everyone kind of, you know, says, Oh, well, Thrive, I trust Thrive Market. So this must be like something that's safe and, and will benefit me. And I think that would be a huge help to the industry. I do too. And it's made me sad that this hasn't happened already. Yeah, I know. Because I do, I do feel like hemp is the gateway to understanding marijuana and the real benefits that come with uh, THC. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, I've been disappointed that, you know, the FDA basically kicked it over to Congress and said, you know, well, it's kind of cats out of the bag. It's going to take us too long to do it. You may as well have Congress. And they just want to kind of wash their hands of it unless it is tied to a pharmaceutical product. So it's heartbreaking, but I'm, I'm glad to see that you are uh, really pioneering in this area for women. And I want to ask you about your comment about the Swiss army knife. Tell me more about why you see hemp as a Swiss army knife. You know, I kind of look at hemp as it's almost, and it, and marijuana is even more so it's kind of like when you talk to people about, you know, putting spinach in the brownies, like it's something that is going to help you no matter what. So maybe Mm. it's in a yummy gummy or something like that, or, you know, I think that probably is a little bit more applicable to like more of a recreational use, but it really can help so many, it can support so much of your body. Obviously, I'm sure hopefully your um, listeners are familiar with their endocannabinoid system, but we have cannabinoid receptors in every major organ. So no matter where you go, that CBD is going to be relevant to that organ. So maybe you're taking it because you can't sleep as well. But oh, by the way, that achy knee you have from that time you tripped and fell when you were 12, maybe that starts feeling a little bit better. And so it's like all these wanted side effects kind of kick in, especially when you start ingesting. And, you know, it is kind of like that secret sauce. It just goes in there and you may not know that it's doing all these great things for you because you might just be taking it for that one thing. But it has so many other benefits that it is. It's kind of like one of those supplements that people really should be taking daily. And I recommend that even to my friends who consume a lot of cannabis, that there is benefit to having the additional hemp in your diet or in your daily supplements. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it used to be that there was, 
you know, feel hemp growing everywhere. It used to be much more in our food chain, you know, cows were eating it and then we were drinking their milk. The chickens were eating it. Then we were eating their eggs. Like it just, since it all got eradicated and, um, you know, we had prohibition kicked in, um, across like the line, it's just, it's so out of our food chain now. It's kind of like, you know, trying to get minerals from your food. Like you just don't get it anymore because the soil has been so stripped and over farmed and it's not super obvious, obviously to any human. You're like, well, I eat my leafy greens. It must be good for me, but it could be missing things just from everything from policy to the environment, farming practices, the whole thing, adding it in. I mean, we all have natural cannabinoids in our body. There's nothing wrong with topping off that system and it certainly can't hurt. I love that image, topping it off. It's great. So is there anything that you want to share with my audience that I haven't asked you about I and mean, you haven't shared already today? I think a, one really big thing we focus on is making sure women keep their own cups full. The, mo- the biggest issue I see, people talk to me about sleep, stress, like sadness, uh, body, the whole thing. It all comes down to they have waited so long. They didn't want to feel like they were complaining. They didn't have the time. And so many women end up bottoming out before they realize, like, I can't live like this anymore. And we've been taught to constantly give, give, give to the point where now it's like, well, if I want to, you know, take a quiet bath by myself and just decompress and soak it, you know, women are almost feel like guilty about that. Like self-care is like a, you know, like a guilty pleasure. And that's so far from wrong because you can't fill from an empty cup. So one thing I really try to encourage women to do is to take control of their wellness and know that they deserve to feel great. Women over 45, I mean, we don't see ourselves anywhere. It's basically like all of a sudden we've become magically invisible and Mm -hmm. you can really, and you can really take that to heart. Like it doesn't matter what I do anymore. I have nothing else to contribute. Like nobody cares about my opinion. I'm not relevant. My kids don't need me anymore. You know, the whole thing, Mm -hmm. you can start to really, really feel like it doesn't matter anymore. And my whole thing is you do matter. You have many, many more happy years to live. Like, let's get you set up for success so you can go forth and crush the rest of your life. Um, So, you know, in addition to, you know, kind of doubling down on the women owned and, you know, making sure I'm making, doing the education and making cannabis accessible to women, you know, empowering them to understand that they deserve to live better lives is something that is very near and dear to me and a big part of what we do at Kind Lab. I love it. I love it. You are so passionate about what you do. It really comes across. How can women find out more about you, your products? Where can they reach out to you if they have more questions? Sure. So um, I'm obviously on all the social media, Facebook at Kind Lab. Um, KindLab.co is my handle on Instagram. You'll see our uh, little eye icon for women we see you because the idea of like you know, you may feel invisible in the world, but we see you, we know you're there and we know you're important and we're making solutions for you. And then of course you can always find our website, kindlab.com. There is a contact us form as well as my, um, my phone number on there. I'm always answering questions from people, um, you know, helping them with personalized advice and guidance. Like I want you not only to have products that are going to make you feel great, but use them so that you can be successful with them so you can get the most out of them and really make them work for you. So I always encourage people to reach out. I'm definitely here to help. Well, thank you so much, Angela, for your time and for sharing your journey with us today. Ladies, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't yet joined the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, go to our brand new membership portal, weicwomen.com. 
There you'll find lots of information on our new memberships for women working in cannabis. You can also find us on Clubhouse at WEIC, where we host AMA rooms with investors and recruiters and monthly open mics to introduce yourself to the community. WEIC is a community that provides resources, connections, events, and content to women working in cannabis in the U.S., Canada, and around the world where there's an interest in cannabis legalization. We welcome women who are currently working in cannabis or curious about taking a leap into the industry. Consider becoming a WEIC woman member or WEIC business member for benefits and access across the network. And join us again for another conversation with women leading in cannabis. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.